say a prayer with me as we look at the scripture this morning? Jesus, we thank you that whenever we're gathered together, you promise to be in our midst. And we, we know as a community, God, that people come into this room right now from all sorts of different experiences this week. Some of us had amazing weeks with new opportunities, God, and celebrations, and others of us had really difficult times for all kinds of challenging reasons, everything in between. And in this moment, God, we come together as a family and we look to you to remind us of who we are, of who you are, and why what we're doing matters to you and what, what matters in the world. We pray that you would uh, encourage us, that you would just help us to feel your love in these moments, that you'd also challenge us uh, and get us ready to be sent out into the world that we know you care a ton about. We pray for those, God, who might be mourning, or grieving, that you would comfort them and come alongside. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're in the middle of this conversation that's called You Are Here, as Stephanie said earlier. And it's this conversation we've been having for the last month, and we're, we're trying to talk about how to be aware of God's presence, of Jesus' presence in our everyday lives. And we've been looking at different aspects of our everyday lives to kind of get a sense of, of how we do that. And the phrase that we've been using is that we want to make sure that we're paying attention to where God is present in the midst of our everyday spaces and our ordinary chaos, which is most of our experience of a lot of our lives. Ordinary chaos, right? And we're asking this question, you know, do we recognize Jesus in the midst of these everyday spaces and ordinary chaos? And I'm excited to speak on the topic today because I'm passionate about us thinking about where God is present in our work lives. And so today we're going to talk about how Jesus meets us in our work. And I wanted to start off by just saying again to you that Stephanie and I are often overwhelmed as pastors when we meet together and discuss conversations we've had with some of you or groups of you because the kind of work that you all are doing as a community, as a church, on an everyday basis is really amazing. You all are doing God's work each and every day out there, and we count all of your work as the work that God is doing through Mill City Church. The work of Mill City Church is not just the, the staff team that gets together on the commons and gets ready for the official Mill City gatherings that we have. That's important work too, isn't it? But your work is just as important as the staff's work or the pastor's work. That's how we see it. And so when we hear stories about what you're doing, we celebrate the ways in which God is doing work through Mill City Church in the world that God loves through you every single day, and we want you to know that. So the work of Mill City Church, if I might just try to describe it really quickly, it are things like providing care for children every single day, landing a big sale with a new client, volunteering at the hospital, building a new website, fixing someone's clogged drain. Everyone agrees that's God's work, right? <laughs> Providing a listening ear to someone who's struggling with mental illness. Scheduling meetings and communicating with customers. Managing employees. Helping people find services in a time of need. Managing a team of people who are providing care for others. Running a small business. Studying for a master's degree or a doctoral degree or looking for a new job, those are just off the top of my head 
the things that I know you all are doing on a daily basis. Work, may it be paid or unpaid, may it be nine-to-five job or done at different times, all of this is thing that God deeply cares about and is using God's Spirit to work through you to show God's love to the world. So I want to talk specifically this morning about where we see Jesus in all this work that you all are doing. How does Jesus join us when we're having to have a hard conversation with a coworker or an employee or a boss? Does anybody ever have to have a hard conversation with a coworker or an employee or a boss? All four of you. Where is Jesus when we get a new opportunity in our work? Where is Jesus in the midst of caring for someone who can't care for themselves? Where is Jesus in the meeting of, middle of reading a book for class? And where is Jesus during that weekly staff meeting? And if you can answer this next one, I will, I will be so happy. Where is Jesus in the midst of my inbox? I cannot find Jesus anywhere in my email inbox. And if you could help me find Jesus in the inbox, I'll be so thankful. It seems like there is no God in my inbox. It's endless. <laughs> Do we recognize the presence of Jesus in our everyday work? Or does, is there sometimes the temptation to compartmentalize our lives to where we do spiritual stuff when we're with our church friends, or when we're at a worship service, and then we do work stuff when we're at work, right? Sometimes that's true. How do we integrate this in a way where we recognize that God is always at work and the Spirit is always inviting us to be part of the work that God is doing, even the most mundane things that we're doing on a day-in and day-out basis? So to, to get at this, I want to look at a text in John chapter 17. And in, in this text, it's part of a longer prayer that Jesus is praying in preparation for his own uh, trial and death and resurrection. And I encourage you, if you have time later today, to go back and read the, the whole prayer. It's not that long. I'm going to use a subsection of it today. And one of the things I love about this prayer is that Jesus even goes as far to say, I'm praying out loud so the people around me can learn from my praying. Right? I'm praying out loud so that it can be written down and that we can even benefit from Jesus' prayer. So this isn't a, a silent prayer that we somehow got wind of, but one that Jesus intentionally prayed out loud so that we could learn from. And so here's what John chapter 17, verse 13 says, in, kind of in the middle of this prayer. Jesus is saying to the Father, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them, the disciples. I've given them your word, and the word, world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by, their, by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that I too may be truly sanctified. So I think there's at least four ways in this text that Jesus shows us how Jesus is present in our work, and I'm going to work through all four of them. But uh, before I list the first one, I want to just say that when Jesus is talking about the world here in this prayer, what he means is the world in which people have given up caring about what God thinks and started doing whatever it is that they want. 
or what's in their best self-interest. So when Eugene Peterson translates this exact same prayer, he adds the word godless in front of world to help clarify that. That the godless world you are not part of. I'm sending you into the godless world in order to, to make a difference. I'm not pulling you out of the godless world. And that's a description that is really appropriate for the time that we live in now. Not that we don't have any gods, but that in your, I'm guessing in your workplace, wherever you, you do work on a daily basis, there are other people who are on your team who you can't assume have Christian faith. Is that right? You're going to have to give me a little bit more feedback, like slightly more. Thank you very much. You, you have people on your teams who don't believe in God at all. You have people in your work who think there might be a God, but they're not sure what they can believe about that God. You have people who have a, a Muslim perspective on God, a Jewish perspective, you know, across the board, right? We're in one of the more pluralistic situations than in, in recent history in the United States. And so you can't assume that anybody thinks the same way that you do about God on a team that you're on in the workplace that you're in, most likely, unless you work at a church. And in the midst of that, the world can be a really tough place because people are working together who don't share the same values, don't think the meaning of life is the same, and don't act in the same ways accordingly to certain values and hopes and perspectives on God, do they? So you're all trying to work together, but you have totally different perspectives and values about what's most important in life. And that's the challenging sort of jungle-like situation that sometimes we find ourselves in at work. It's in the midst of that where Jesus says, that's the situation, and I'm not pulling you out of it. I'm sending you into it. And in the midst of that challenging situation, here are some things that I promise to give you or to be present with you. And the first one is that Jesus says he will give us joy in our work. How many on Monday morning feel like joy is the first emotion that they feel when they're getting ready to go to work? Jesus says that I'm saying these things out loud so that the disciples will have the same kind of joy that I have. Joy might be understood as this deep happiness, different from momentary happiness, right? Like deep, settled contentment and happiness from knowing who you are and why what you are doing matters to God. Jesus is looking at his death and resurrection and he, he feels this certainty about who he is as the son of God and why he's going to step into this horrific weekend where he gives up his life and returns from death because he knows how much it matters to the father and to the world and to everyone, right? So he has this deep set of joy, not a giddiness, not a momentary happiness, a certainty about who he is and why what he's doing matters. And he says this prayer out loud so that the people who are listening to him can have some experience of that same kind of joy. Imagine as you approach your work, if you feel like, I am more certain than I've ever been about who I am in Jesus Christ and why the work that I'm doing today matters to God, even if it doesn't seem like the most important thing I've ever done. My joy about my work totally changes when it's not dependent upon the circumstances of the day or allowing work to be the thing that tells me who I am, which so many of us get caught up in. But instead to say my security and my identity is already determined in my faith in Jesus Christ and I can enter into that work without worrying about whether the work is ever going to shake that. 
That's a totally different approach to work that Jesus invites us into here with this deep sense of joy. Second thing that Jesus is present with us, a way that Jesus is present with us, is that Jesus is telling us a totally different story about our work. Now, the way that John talks about this is that he says, I have given your word to them, and the world has hated them, and, and your word is truth. So let's unpack that just a little bit. What is this word that Jesus has given to them? Well, it's actually a few things. The word that Jesus says is true is first and foremost about the coming of God's kingdom. That Jesus has announced the coming and arrival of God's kingdom in a way that hasn't been experienced before in human history. It's also the announcement that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior, the one that they have been waiting for. It's also the news that people are invited to be part of God's kingdom and to be saved by faith in Jesus Christ rather than by their ethnicity or their religious background or um, their ancestors. The word that John is referring to here, it's a story about what the meaning of life is. Jesus is teaching us who we are, who God is, what God's kingdom is like, what the values are like in God's kingdom, what work is like in God's kingdom, and how we're invited into all of those things by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Now, this story that Jesus is telling about the kingdom, it's in direct competition with the stories that the people of that time are being told by their religious authorities and their governments. The religious authorities are telling them life is about uh, observing the law, observing the Jewish law and staying in God's good graces. The Romans are telling them life is about working so you can pay taxes to Caesar so Caesar can protect you and keep you safe. That's what work is about. And Jesus is flipping both of those things on his head and saying, no, life is about receiving grace and mercy so that you can live generously with other people far beyond your ability to give so that the economics of the system get totally flipped on their head and everyone is provided for and cared for and loved in God's kingdom. Everyone's equal. That's radical. Now, we don't have those exact same stories today, but here's a story we have now that that Jesus' story about work uh, is, is challenging. Our story is that life is mostly about being a good person and about being happy. So I'm guessing when you go to work, if you have coworkers, there are people who think that life is mostly about being a good person and pursuing personal happiness. We don't even question that story sometimes anymore. It's so prevalent. Work should contribute to our pursuit of being good people and being happy. If work isn't making me a good person or making me happy, then maybe I need a new job. God mostly just wants people to be happy and good, so the story goes. Well, that couldn't be further from the story that Jesus was telling about work, the word that he gave to his disciples. Jesus tells us instead that we're part of God's work, that God is actively fighting the evil in the world, that God is inviting us as disciples to be part of God's mission to redeem and restore and reconcile and recreate the earth the way that God intended for it to be created, that that's what we're doing every day. Sometimes that makes us happy and sometimes it doesn't. We have no chance of being good on our own, Jesus says. You need forgiveness through the cross for you to be good in God's eye. So don't worry about that. Accept my forgiveness and be good in God's eyes for that reason. Jesus tells a different story about our work. So I'm wondering for you 
this morning, if you think about it, what is the story that you're telling yourself about your work? Why does it matter? Is it about income? Is it about getting ahead? Is it about being a good person and being happy? Or is it about partnering with God to do the things that God has promised will come through in the future? Third thing that Jesus gives us through this passage in reflection on our work, Jesus gives us protection in our work. He says, I'm not asking you to pull them out of the fray. Now pause for a second. Why didn't Jesus just say, yeah, let's all go to Maui. Let's just recreate something and, and head out at this point. Like, why, why are you here and why do you have to send us back in? And the reason that Jesus gives in other parts of Scripture is to say, because God's heart breaks for even one person who's distant from God's presence. So as long as there's one person who's still distant from God's presence, it's worth it for the rest of us to stay in the world that God loves and try to show that love to the people around us. He says, I don't pray that you take them out of the world. I pray that you protect them from the evil one. So let's talk about protection for a second. Jesus offers us protection that I think limits the ultimate impact the evil one can have on us. Hey, let me, let me say that one more time. Jesus' protection limits the impact that the, the ultimate impact that the evil one can have on us. It does not mean that your circumstances in your life and in your work go smoothly all the time, does it? Jesus' life and circumstances didn't go that way. He wasn't telling the disciples everything is up and to the right from here on out. Instead, he was saying there's going to be a lot of challenges and there's going to be significant suffering just the way that I have experienced significant suffering. But here's what I think he's praying for protection from, and this applies directly to the life that I know that you guys are living right now. I think Jesus is praying for protection to prevent the disciples from giving up faith, from becoming disillusioned, that the thing that Jesus had promised wouldn't come or wouldn't come fast enough. He was praying for them to be protected, that they wouldn't turn away from their identity as children of God, people who were saved by Jesus and who had important work to do. And all the time now, I can see people who are on the edge of giving up because they're tired and they're not sure why what they're doing matters. And we have got to, as a group, remember that Jesus is praying for this protection and trying to remind us that everything we do matters. That every interaction that you have with someone in your workplace, that every time you make an ethical decision instead of a non-ethical decision, that every time you show grace to somebody who maybe doesn't deserve grace, that every time you represent Jesus well in the work that you're doing, that that matters eternally. That the work that you do every day is one of the primary ways that God is doing the recreation work that God wants to do. And when you hear the lie that the thing is that I... The gifts that I have don't matter, or the work that I do doesn't matter, or nobody even knows the work that I do because I work by myself and they don't see, that you have to remember to try to hear the voice of Jesus saying, I'm praying for protection that you wouldn't become disillusioned because everything you do matters. Amen. Finally, Jesus commissions us in our work. He says, as you sent me into the world, Father, I have sent them into the world. One of the primary ways that God plans 
to redeem and reconcile and restore and recreate the world that God loves is through the work that you are doing every day. 2 Corinthians 5 says that God is making an appeal through our work every single day. That God is begging people to accept the love of Jesus Christ through our work. Amy Sherman has these amazing categories that some of you have used to help think about how is it that my work makes a difference? What specifically am I doing that helps me join with God's work? So let me just list them for you in the time I have left. She says that we can think about faith and work in these four categories. One is that the relationships you have with people, regardless of whatever work you're doing, the relationships you have with the people that you work with have an impact in the kingdom of God. That the way that you treat them and the way that you respond to them and the way that you pray for them and the way that you love them and the way that you show grace to them is maybe the primary interaction that they have with a Christian identity. Most of those people are never coming to worship here, right? So they meet you and they work with you and they learn about Jesus through the way in which you relate to them. Another one is ethics. And this is, this is a critical piece, especially for those of you who I know are rising into decision-making type, type settings and positions in the, in the places where you work, to make ethical decisions, to make honest decisions and honest communication when there's tons of temptation to not do that in order to make sure the bottom line is where the bottom line needs to be or to get rid of employees that aren't helping or whatever the ethical conundrum might be to stand up and say, I'm going to be an ethical person in a pluralistic world where not everybody agrees that God is important is immense witness to the love of Jesus Christ. Character formation is another thing she lists, which she basically says, you are being formed in your work. You have the opportunity to become more like Jesus by seeing your work as the primary place where God is working through you. That every day is a challenge and an opportunity for you to join Jesus and follow Jesus in very tangible ways. And some days go better than others, and you start a fresh morning by saying, God, I need your grace and your mercy, and I need to speak better to that person that I spoke to poorly yesterday. That we are being formed as people through this work that we're doing. And finally, that the value of the work that you're doing itself matters to God. So the thing that you're doing, whatever that might be, whether you're, a, whether you're a nurse or a doctor or a teacher or a laborer or what, whatever you're doing, that the actual quality of the work that you're doing and the way that you do it and the way that it impacts people's lives, that that also matters to God. And so Jesus is commissioning us. He's saying, I send, I'm sending you the same way that the Father sent me. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? I'm sending you into the world and saying, you are my representatives. Let me invite the band to come up. Just a few verses later in John 17, Jesus comes to the conclusion of his prayer, and he says, all of this that I'm praying for both the disciples he's with and the future disciples, which is us, he says, all of these things that I'm praying for them and the way in which I'm sending them out is so that, imagine the words, so that in capital letters, is so that the world might know who God is. Here's the secret to Christian, the church's success in the 21st century, in my opinion. 
The secret is Christian people realizing that the, the everyday life that they're living, wherever that might be, in partnership with God, where you're spiritually attentive every day to what it is that God might be saying to you and ways that God's inviting you into it, that that's where the actual transformation is going to take place among people who aren't Christian. We cannot wait for them to wander into Sunday services. We can't. It's not going to happen. I'm not sure that matters. I think God might be reducing the size of some of our churches so that we'll remember that this is what we're supposed to be doing. That all of us are sent out as ministers of the gospel and proclaimers of the good news of the kingdom. And that everything, every single thing you do matters to God in your work life. I hope that as being part of this church, you feel commissioned. That you feel like we are cheering you on. That we want to learn about the specific challenges that you have in your work. And we want to pray for you and support you and find resources to help you think well and act well in those spaces. Because it matters. It matters to Jesus. It matters to us. If you are able, would you stand so we can close the sermon where I pray and commission you to all the different various kinds of work that you are doing. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we acknowledge as a church today that you have sent us into the world that you love and that it's off track in many ways, but you have gifted so many people in this room and in so many different ways that when we have hearts that want to partner with you, you can literally change the world through us. So God, I pray against the lie that what we do doesn't matter. If we don't make enough money, it's not that important. If we didn't have that position that we wanted to have, that we're a failure. Instead, God, give us fresh perspective this week as we enter whatever our work looks like to remember that our work matters to you, that we are children of the Most High God, and we are invited to be part of restoring and recreating and redeeming the world that you love. Don't let one day or one moment go by, God, where we don't remember that that's what's happening. And help us to share that story with other people. I pray in Jesus' name that you would be sent out into the world that God loves, that you would feel God's presence in your everyday life, that you would see clearly the opportunities that God gives you to live out your identity as a son or a daughter of the most high God, and that the kingdom of God would come in your work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.